Welcome to the Prairie City United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. Here's the latest message from Pastor John Bailey. Is it fall yet? It feels like fall, right? I just absolutely love fall. It is one of my favorite uh, seasons, that along with uh, spring. And so as we're thinking of fall tonight, I want to think about where we are. We have talked about Moses last week, and we talked about the oppression that was going on in the line of where God has given promises all the way through to Moses, if you remember where we were last week. And this week, we want to continue with Moses. Moses has gone and, and spoken to Pharaoh And now he's moving on, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But before we do that, if you have a smartphone, I want you to just take it out, okay? It's okay if you have one. And what I want you to do is, whether it's an Apple or it's an Android or some other brand that I don't know about yet, I want you to take it and find your Maps app. Now, maybe you didn't bring a smartphone with you tonight, and what I want you to do is find your Iowa map that you keep in your back pocket, okay, and unfold it, and I want you to find Prairie City United Methodist Church on your map. Have you ever thought about how amazing it is that all these things we used to carry around, we have condensed into this little piece of technology that we carry with us everywhere we go? But here's the problem. Sometimes we begin to rely on it more than we should, right? Have you ever been lost? (laughs) Not since you got the phone. I love that. Well, I have with the phone too. How does it feel to be lost? Are you okay with it? No. Every time. (laughs) I think there's a lot of gender stereotypes about being lost, right? Not wanting to ask directions for directions. When I first moved to the Des Moines area, I was super excited about all the trails that you could bike on. I love to bike and I was so excited about it. And I started to think, well, you know what? It's only about nine miles from my home to my office and I could start biking to work. That's not a bad distance at all. And so I remember the first time I went biking to work and I took my phone with me and I had a little app on my phone that would allow me to track the distance and how far I went, how fast I went. So I can then review it and say, okay, you know, maybe tomorrow, instead of going this fast, I could go a little bit faster, right? Get there a little bit faster. And my goal was to get it as close to 30 minutes of a ride as possible through the trail system. And I I really wanted to do that. And so I started tracking it and stuff. And the first time I went there, I also needed my map. And it was on my phone. And I had a little thing that goes on my bike that allows it to go in front of me. And I had it going. And I didn't realize, though, something. I got up into the Urbandale area. Never been up there before. And the trail kind of winds through the back areas of the neighborhoods. And we got up in there, and right before I got there, guess what happened? My phone died. Because all those apps used a lot of energy. Used a lot of energy. 
And so there I was biking around the Urbandale area in the back roads behind homes and in streets I had never seen before with these winding, curving areas. And I was in this situation where I had no idea where I was at and I didn't know where I needed to go. Have you ever felt lost? It's not a good feeling. I was back there and I'll tell you what, a 45 minute, which is what the estimate I thought I could do the first time biking there turned into an hour and a half and it ate into my day. And all of a sudden when I got there, I started to think, am I going to be able to get home? Because I didn't take a straight route here. It was more like a curly cue. How do we know where we're going? It's easy to pull out the map now, right? And my grandpa and my dad always kept in the back of the passenger seat of their car, a set of maps, right? You might still have these. Sharon does. And they could pull it out. And I remember back when I was in fifth grade, we did a whole lesson on folding and unfolding the map, right? It was great fun. That accordion fold that they use on that. And you can pull it out and look, but if you have nowhere to know where you're at on the map, sometimes it's hard to know where you're going. Today, we want to talk about a people that have been searching in the wilderness. They came through this time of the wilderness, when they came out of Egypt, out of oppression. And remember last week, we talked about the promises that God had given them and God had fulfilled one of the promises to multiply them, to make them more than the stars in the sky that they could count at that time. Or as he promises to Jacob more than the sands in the sea. But the problem was, is because they got so big, as we said last week, Pharaoh was worried about them and put them under subjugation and started to oppress them and make them slaves to work and build so they wouldn't have time to do anything else. And out of that, God hears their cries, hears their pain and desires mercy for their lives. Since Moses. Now, I ended last week's sermon by telling you that God is also sending you into the world to bring healing, to bring justice, to bring love. So, wherever there is pain, wherever there is mishap, wherever there is oppression, we speak to that. We work for a world where all feel like they are welcome at the table. Today, we hear as this this great trip across the Red Sea, this merciful God brings them out of Egypt, allows the sea to be parted and dry ground from them to walk on. No mushy, wet sandals here. This is dry ground. And they wander and go and go. And the second part of the promise, they still look for the promised land, the land of milk and honey, the land of abundance, but they're still not there. 
they get to a point when they start to wonder, is it better? Was it better for us to be back in Egypt where at least we had just a little bit to put in our pot? It's so much like us sometimes. We forget where we're at. And so it's hard for us sometimes to know where we're going. Man, if I could just be back when it was this way or that way. Man, if I could just look back when it was a little bit better, that fictional time in our mind when we think everything was just right. We forget the hardship that we came through sometimes. The scripture that we have today is of the Ten Commandments, or as some say, the Ten Laws that Moses gives to the people from God. It is the second iteration of the Ten Commandments. The first one is found in Exodus chapter 20. When those people got so frustrated and said, wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt, back to Pharaoh, at least there. And Moses goes up to the Mount Sinai. The location is not important. It's what happens and how it speaks to who God is in their life. As the Israelites are worshiping false gods at the foot of the mountain and having festivals, Moses is up communicating with God. And maybe you've heard this story before. He comes down with a set of regulations, of laws, of commandments to give to the people. Now, sometimes within our world, we think of these laws, these commandments, these regulations as something put upon us that is too much. We live in a world that seems to be individualistic. And when we're individualistic, anything that straightens us or corrects us that we don't put on ourselves can be something that we want to cast aside. What I hope to show you tonight is that there's something deeper in these scriptures and these laws. As we come to this, we come to verse three of chapter five of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Can you say that word with me? Deuteronomy. Yeah, we don't say it enough. Okay. This means in Greek, the second appearing of the law. Okay. And it just is nothing other than a reiteration of the law that has been given before. And the law that we find here is actually the first 10 commandments. As I said, it's the second reading of them before they go into the promised land. And it is the, the ability to look at those laws that we kind of had the first time of hearing God as we could connect with God. All right. And so it grows from here up over 613 different laws that the Jewish people would follow. And it starts with this in chapter five, verse two, right before this, excuse me, right before that, 
Israel, listen to the regulations and the case laws that I'm counting in your hearing right now. Learn them and carefully do them. The Lord, our God, made a covenant with us at Mount Horeb. The Lord didn't make this covenant with our ancestors, but with us, all of us who are here and alive right now. Or as the King James Version says, the Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, even us who are all of us here alive this day. In Hebrew, to emphasize a point, to make it special is not to give it more adverbs, to build adverbs upon it, but to repeat it, to repeat it gives it significance. And in this part, you see that they repeat Once again, once again, this isn't just for the forefathers that the promise was made. This isn't just a covenant for those that came before you, but it is for us here, for us, for us, your people, for us here alive this day. The emphasis is that the covenant and the promises of God are not done, but they continue for you. And for everyone who reads and hears this word today, the covenant of God to be in connection, to want a connection with us is the importance of it. And we see as he finds that connection, these 10 commandments, these 10 regulations that God gives in the following verses. And maybe you've seen these before. These regulations, you shall have no other gods. You shall make no idols. You shall not take God's name in vain. Keep the Sabbath, honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covenant, covet. And he expands in these verses on each one of these. And you'll notice that that eight of these are said in the negative and two of them are said in the positive. You shall not in the negative and you shall in the positive. And there's significance to which ones are in the positive and which ones are in the negative. You'll notice that as we see these, these different commandments that a number of them, one through four, even four is the shift is about our connection with God. And then as you shift from our connection of God, keeping the Sabbath is both the connection of God and the connection to others. We then shift from five all the way through to eight for our connection with others. And then we have nine and 10 speak to our very soul and how we keep our soul, our very innermost being from feeling wrong to feel good. This is about relationships. These commandments. The problem is that sometimes we hear and say something so many times that we stop knowing the basis and the reason for it. And we start, we start to think the reason was the words themselves. We say them so often, we do them so often that we forget that baked into the cake of this is about relationships. 
Sometimes the thing that was supposed to point us to something else, we start seeing the thing itself as what's important and we idolize it. We institutionalize it. But we forget that the very basis of this is a way to find our way up to that mountaintop to commune with God. It is our map that we find here. It tells us where we are and where we are going, these regulations. They connect us in some way to something bigger and greater than ourselves. And as we step out of that individualistic understanding of the world and we start considering the other, we find something in here that gives us life. There's a great debate what freedom looks like. Is freedom the total absence of any rule or regulation? The ability to do anything that I like, in any time I like, in any way I like, is that freedom? It is if you still remain individualistic. But if you consider the needs and the wants and the desires of others, we realize that freedom does not look like the absence of commandments and rules, but the existence of things that are just the existence of things that allow us to see something greater than ourselves and how we might connect to it, how we might connect with God and how we might connect with others. And lastly, how we may even in the depths of our very being find a connection with ourselves in the midst of this. In the next chapter, we hear what is called the Shema. This is the start of the prayer that you would say every day. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your being, and all your strength. Keep these words that I am giving you today in your heart. The desire is for a deep meaningful connection. And God says, don't even, it's not just that you are to remember this, but you are to recite it, to put it in places that you may see it on your hand and on your forehead and on your doorpost and teach your children about it. Teach others and talk about them and tie them to things that are important. So that those that may came and come into your city and those that may come into your house and those that may see you may know that the Lord, your God wants to be in relationship with you. And maybe through you, they may know that God wants to be in relationship with them. There is great freedom, great freedom in this. But sometimes We say the commandments so long that we forget their purpose. And the purpose of love and grace so that we may never be disconnected from God. As Christians, we believe this connection comes in the midst of the grace that God has given us. As we recite these things, 
as we know these things, as we put it in front of us and before us. So I ask you once again, have you ever felt lost? Have you ever lost and not known where to go? How do you know where you're at and where you're going next? My hope is that you find something in the scripture today that points you a little bit closer to God. As you hear those wonderful words to love your Lord, your God with all your heart, all your mind and all your strength. Thanks for listening to the Prairie City United Methodist Church Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed the message you just heard, feel free to share it with a friend. And if you're ever in the Prairie City, Iowa area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. They're held every Saturday night at 6 and Sunday mornings at 9. For directions or to learn more about the church, go to facebook.com slash PCIowaUMC. That's facebook.com slash PCIowaUMC. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.